Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Ghost reporting for duty here on a Thursday morning. Excited to be with you here for the next hour. We've got a fun show ahead of you. Of course, we'll talk about the latest news in mixed martial arts. A couple shows, big shows ahead of us as well. Bellator 277 and uh, the UFC Fight Night on Saturday with Malal Muhammad and Vincente Luque at the top of the bill. Also, we'll talk to Carla Sparza, who fights. She co-headlines. Well, she's the co-main event. Versus, uh, she's challenging Rose Nama Yunus at UFD 274 on May 12th. <laughs> I just pasted it, goes. You know what threw me off is Bellator 277 and UFC 274. And we just did UFC 273. They're all too close, man. So forgive me. But in May, UFC 274 takes place in Phoenix, Arizona. The headline bout is Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gagey. Rose Namajunas will defend her title against Carla Esparza. Trust me that by the end of the show, I'll have the date. Oh, Go says it's May 6th? May uh, 6th. There you go. May 7th. May 7th. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Another thing that threw me off is the next day goes is um, Mother's Day. And I've ah. been looking to see, you know, what's going on and things like that because as you all know we missed our mom's birthday because we hosted a watch along this past saturday and that bummed us out so we're trying to look for ways to make up for it anyway all right folks it's mma junkie radio on a thursday april 14th all right so before we get going, I want to hit you guys with a couple personal things. Um, when I said April 14th, of course, I remembered, oh, tomorrow is the last day for tax, tax day, the last day to do taxes. If you're a income boot like me, um, there's been times where I've just blown that off. It's always come back to haunt me. If I can give you any advice, do your taxes. Always do taxes and have it turned in by the day it's due. However, April 15th is just the day that's just been thrown out there for a long time. But really, the IRS kind of works around it, and depending on weekends. And so this year, it's actually Monday, April 18th. You can do it via TurboTax or go find somebody within your city limits that can probably prep it for a decent price or go to an actual account, whatever. Depends on how complicated it is, but get it done. Once you get it done, you can always just call the IRS and go, man, I ain't got it. If you owe them, and then you go on some sort of a tax payment plan or whatever. The last thing you want to do is put yourself behind the eight ball and not do it. I know people ask for these extensions and shit, but but all you're extending is the pain. So uh, I suppose from time to time, maybe this time it might be a little too late, and I suppose you may have to do it. Uh, That's 25 bucks out of the window, the extension. At least that's last time I did it is what it costs. And then guess what? You're just back in the same pickle anyway, finding your forms, getting it done. So that's one thing. Two goes, how about Clayton Kershaw going perfect through seven innings 
All he had was six outs left, and they yanked his ass. But he asked for it, so it's like it's not the he end. Did? Of the I don't know if he asked for it. Well, he agreed with it, you know, and he, he said, "Look, he's older now, and I think he just really he's had injuries throughout his career. I think he really just wants to conserve himself." Now, granted, had Robert said, "You're sticking in there," I, I, I don't think he would have argued it, but uh, but he did talk to him, you know, and they both came to that conclusion. I, I think it's kind of cheesy, but I don't know. You know, somebody said there's been 220,000 Major League Baseball games played in the history of baseball. So each team does 162 and uh, per season, and then there's teams that have been in existence over 100 years. Whatever. But out of those 220,000 games goes, there's only been like 20 perfect games. That's how rare these things are. Mm-hmm. Minnesota wasn't the home team. Oh, sorry. Minnesota's the home team. The Dodgers weren't the home team. But even Minnesota gave them a round of applause, you know, because that was pretty cool, man, to be at. Like, you, you got to believe that's pretty cool to be at. And, you know, you and I have a memory of um, recent, you know, the first Dodger walk-off in a playoff game. You, you and I also went to the Lakers comeback buzzer beater in San Antonio. So certain fans like have certain events that they're lucky to witness, you know what I mean? And I've been thinking this through and that one that kind of sucks, I guess, for a baseball fan that maybe thought they were seeing something special. I mean, not all of them twins fans. I bet you there were some Dodger fans in the crowd. So I get it, but sometimes I think baseball's a little overanalyzed with with the with the numbers game, mm-hmm. which counts and shit like that. He's fucking doing great, man. Um, at least let him walk out in the eighth. And if he walks somebody, gives up a hit, all right, you know. Because I think they already had a decent lead, which they added to. Um, but maybe he mows them down. To- he had 13 strikeouts, dude. Yeah, it's pretty amazing considering he was a free agent during the offseason, you know, and he's older now. So it's like, what do you do with a guy like that that's been – a legend in your franchise. Yeah, at the same time, he's had a few playoff meltdowns, but he's also had some great playoff games too. So it's rough, but uh, that's not really the guy that you would think would be having that type of game at this point in his career. Zari, one of our friends at Manly Bay, she got to witness Kobe going for 60 in his final game. That's pretty cool. No one can ever take I that think she went to his last three games or something like that. Yeah, she went to one in... Oklahoma and maybe San Antonio and then LA or something like that. That was that's that's hardcore right there. All right. So turning the page here to mixed martial arts. Again, we'll be talking Carlos Barza in a bit, but for now let's get some news out of the way. Um Marlon Moran retired goes. Caught me mm-hmm. a little off guard because he's only 33. And even though he's lost us late. He definitely looks good during his fights up to about a point where he either blows his gasket or getting you know tuned up by by the other person, but he usually competes early on. I haven't seen him just completely get out there and and molly walk from start to finish. Um, which is weird because I've seen him go five rounds in person, but that that uh that cardio has been a little bit of a problem with him. Uh, you know, he, he just comes out so fast, and and then the chin, obviously, 
taking some KOs from Cejudo, Sanhagen, Font, Devalishvili, uh, Yadong. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he have Devalishvili almost beat? I mean, he thumped yeah. them, remember, early on? So yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good with this. I, uh, if you look at his career, he's won a major belt, you know, so he could say he did that. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that everybody's always wanted to tune into. If he's on a card, he's one of the reasons you show up to the arena. Mm-hmm. He puts on exciting fights. He's fought the best of the best, but those KOs, you never know when that one is that's going to change your life. So why wait until you get to that moment to pull the trigger? I think right. uh, I think this is proactive, and I think it's a good decision. I think he's had a good career, and I'm pretty sure he's collected some pretty decent checks along the way. So good for him, you know. Great guy, great interview, always a nice person. I think Marlon Moraes, my hat's off to you. I think you did it right. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was when I first saw it, 33 years of age, granted, lost five of six, four in a row. He may just be the victim of a cut anyway, or maybe them not wanting to re-sign him. I don't know. But, yeah, the more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, you know, how do I know what he feels like when he wakes up? Maybe there's no motivation. Maybe he's got headaches. Maybe he's got a, a hurt back, you know, that hurts every time he tries to pick up his kids. Who knows? So if that's what he decided to do, all right, cool. Um, and you're right, Gus. He can look back and think and think, well, I beat Miguel Torres, who was a WEC champ. Uh, I beat Aljamain Sterling, who's the current UFC champ. You know, I beat John Dodson, Jimmy Rivera, Jose Aldo, former WEC and UFC champ. So he can look back, and even though people will remember the four-fight losing streak at the end or whatever, uh, I think a lot – think there's a lot to remember, including his WSOF reign that he had there when he was, like you said, when he owned that major belt. So I think he, he reached some major accomplishments, has some skins on the wall to be proud of. He only lost to the top guys. And, and again, as long as Aljo's walking around with the belt, he can sit back and go, ah, I beat that guy once. That's true. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'd like to congratulate him as well, man. Great, great career for Marlon Marais. How about let's let's recap a little bit here, Velasquez, um, and what's going on with that. So Velasquez is still in jail for those. I think there's 10 counts of him. Remember that shooting that took place where he's driving and trying to, uh, well, shoot the man who allegedly um, sexually assaulted his relative. I'm going to go back to his relative because from all I've heard goes, it's his son. But without knowing it 100%, because I did hear it may have been a nephew or a niece, it may have been the dot, I don't know. I've heard so many of that go back and forth that I'll just say it's a relative, just like the story reads. In fact, I think the best thing I can do is read the story, because there's a couple things going on. So first, Harry Goularte is the um, alleged sexual assaulter of Cain Velasquez's relative, right? And he had a plea hearing on Wednesday in Morgan Hill, California. So what his attorneys did was they wanted a continuance. They wanted a delay, and the judge approved it for June 6th. He did not show up in person. He came in virtual. And all those people that you see with Free Kane and all the support of people like Daniel Cormier and Josh Thompson and Javier Vasquez, they've all gone. 
I got to believe they want to give this guy a look and maybe say some stuff to him, you know, whether it's as he's walking in or in the corner. I don't know. But they didn't get that chance because, again, the guy came in virtual, and I think he's going to be coming in, he's going to be coming in virtual. And it's not necessarily to protect them from that. It's because of COVID. They've been doing this a lot for COVID. So uh, I think – for the Henry Goularte guy, it, it probably works out best for him anyway. Even though you know, even as COVID, I guess, has subsided, and I don't think that's as much of a threat as it once was. He doesn't have to put up with this. But regardless, we won't know what his plea is until June sixth. As far as uh, him himself and his attorney, his attorney said this: "We intend to prove his innocence, and I think the people around here protesting should understand someone is presumed innocent." until he's convicted which that part is true um but some investigators did if you'll recall goes arrest him you don't just arrest somebody unless you have pretty damn good evidence you know what i mean so Especially the investigation oh yeah exactly you're really going to ruin a person's um you know re reputation or whatever when you when you uh do this so to come to that conclusion you know, they must have a lot of evidence. But um, technically, I guess the investigation is ongoing. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But as far as Cain Velasquez is concerned, he is still behind bars. And um, he has a plea hearing of his own next Tuesday. So let me see here. Actually, they granted a continuance. Velasquez will not have his plea hearing on May 6th. Um, if found guilty, Gularte faces a charge that carries a sentence of up to eight years in prison and or $10, a $10,000 fine. Velasquez, if found guilty on attempted murder, could face a prison term of 20 years to life. The sad thing is, is two days after Gularte was arrested, he only had a $50,000 bail, so he was able to become a free man even though he was on his way to getting that that uh ankle supervision i'm sure i forget what it's called and for in that rest. process is when kane allegedly uh attacked him kane was uh enraged you know it's like a crime of passion when he found out that this guy was a what this guy was a free man and i i still feel like if they hadn't let that guy go kane doesn't react he would still be an enraged person, but at least he would know that that alleged monster is behind bars. I think that's what it all boils down to, and I hope that the um, jury is lenient towards Kane and that Kane can serve his time, again, with supervision using the, the, the ankle monitor. Um, it is a lot of counts. It is unfortunate what he did to just go after somebody and shoot randomly in the streets. You don't do that. But I can understand that guy's passion, um, you know, because of what this case entails, and that's the allegations of sexual assault against this kid, and that's horrible. Yeah, man, I think the further and further this goes, the more and more that's going to get uncovered. Like, first of all, like, how did Kane know where to be, what time, all that? Like, I think there are just so many things that haven't been uncovered yet. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Kane did um put out a statement and I'm trying to find it because I read it earlier this week. He was basically 
it was it was pretty formal and it was heartfelt and, and here it is i'm just going to read it to everyone that has expressed your support my family and i will never be able to thank you enough from the bottom of our hearts and the depths of our souls we are grateful for your love uh, i believe it's a twitter twitter statement too if you, if you want to go to his twitter handle at kmma um your selfless gestures and kind words have given me strength in my darkest times this story is complex and slowly unraveling as we speak to the true victims of this case may god give you the strength to come forward though it is the most difficult to relive the pain that ha that has happened to you in speaking the truth justice will be served and your own true healing can start i will never stop helping or loving my community and all of you thank you for loving me I read that now. I was like, wow, what a classy statement. What a heartfelt statement. Um, I, you know, oftentimes I feel like when fighters put out certain statements, they kind of shortchange themselves. I think they should realize they are professional athletes that are highly looked upon by many, including yours truly. And so that shows me that he took the time to really express himself in a way that um, represents him, a former UFC champion. Mm -hmm. That was a real classy statement. And uh, it, it's such a weird situation, you know, because on the one side, there's certain things you can't condone, but at the, on the other side, you're human too. And you, you realize it's not like anybody's sitting here wondering, why would Kane do? Like, we all get it. We know that he was hurting and, and the reaction that he had. So it's really tough. You know, you go back and forth, but... Um, I, I like that statement. You know, I don't know if he prepared it or a lawyer or what, but I thought it was necessary for him to put something out like that. And and I thought, uh, in a way, it, it, it kind of shows who he is. Right. Well, it's on his Twitter. I'm going to imagine that he had a part in it, and that's good enough for me. So usually that's what happens is someone from your PR team or your representative, they help you with it. Or if they do it, they at least run it by you and you tweak it or maybe just not in approval. But, you know, that guy, um, I really hope that's what it boils down to goes. I know he made some mistakes, but that relative, that person needs Kane in their life so they can start the healing. Like Kane said in a statement, and this will definitely go down as an example of what not to do, but hopefully there's some compassion um, all along the way. Like they all have said, including Goularte's attorney and Kane in a statement, the case is still unraveling. There's more to find out. To be fair, let's let's continue waiting for that. But at least you have those hearing dates for both Goularte and Kane uh in early june for Goularte, kane may 6th and of course your mma junkie will keep you um locked in and uh, updated as far as the story and how it unfolds this whole case and i want to give a shout out to nolan king who's kind of been running point on this and then mm -hmm. these uh last few days aside from covering bellator along with uncle matt e erickson up there in san jose big show uh bellator 277 You've taken the time to break away and actually be there in person for um, these important dates, you know, regarding this case. So shout out to, to Nolan King there. All right. Continuing on this thing with Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan, it still has a little bit of traction going on because people are still debating 
the scores of the fight, what should they have been, who won, who got robbed, who's next. Um, let me just update a few things here. For one, we have a great interview done by Nolan King and Goes, and it's on our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. And then there's some stories on MMA Junkie that have been recapped with video highlights of this interview. But if you want to watch the whole interview, go to the YouTube channel. And Aljo expresses some uh, dissatisfaction with some stuff John McCarthy said and some stuff Dana White said, and we'll go over that in just a second. At the crux of it all is obviously round one and the way it was the way it was judged. Both Dana White and John McCarthy feel like um, Peter Jan won round one. I've watched the fight two times since Saturday, so I definitely want to talk about the way I interpreted it and then also kind of what I've read. And then also, um, there's a new player, by the way. Jose Aldo's saying that that uh, Aljamain Sterling told him, hey, you said we were going to lock up. I'd like to get in, you know, in this discussion. And um, so he, he's trying to run interference <laughs> on TJ Dillashaw. And you never know, man. TJ Dillashaw is uh, such a polarizing figure. He's despised by many. It's weird because I think Aljo would be a, the guy that's cheered on fight night versus DJ Dillashaw. But he's despised by many. But at the same time, he's a former champion. And uh, I, I think Sterling now has another guy to to think about. You know what I mean? Because I, I kind of almost put Aldo off to the side. I didn't think about it much until I looked it up and saw, well, he does have a case. Um, and, and you just never know. You know, I think Aljamain Sterling, said, he says he wants to have a discussion with Dana White. And he certainly gave his feelings on John McCarthy. But, Goes, you were there for that interview. Uh, what did you think of Sterling's mood overall? And, and uh, have you had a chance to watch the fight? And what, what are your thoughts on everything going on since then? I haven't rewatched the fight, but I've, I've heard enough people say. And I remember, obviously, we watched it live. It was close. Uh, so it is one that merits going back and watching again. But... See, what happens with, with, with people like this, like Aljamain Sterling in a situation is usually that Monday, they do kind of like a little press junket, right? Where they, they go from website to website and then interview after interview. And I don't know where we were in that order, but you could just tell by his demeanor that he's probably been asked these questions a few times already. And so he was probably a little worked up. He wasn't pissed, but he was a little worked up, you could tell. And... um yeah, I mean, he did not like uh, Big John McCarthy's comments about that. And mm-hmm. he definitely did not like what Dana White had to say. And I thought he made very good points, really, when it came down to Dana White. Uh, what I think you mentioned it on you mentioned it on the watch along. Like you see his reaction. He the bottom line for me, whether it's I don't want Al Jermaine to be the champion, or I thought the decision was shitty, whatever it is. He just shouldn't be looking at the cards, right? That's that's Bruce Buffer's job to, to let the, the crowd know who's going to win that fight. Let it go. You don't have to be looking at the cards. And um, for me, that's like the crux of everything. It's just just don't do that. But Aljamain Sterling, man, he's he's been on a little bit of a war path, and he's collecting names, tears. Hey, man, I get it. He went through hell. You know, he really did from the moment. Like, who who wins a belt and goes through hell? But he's the guy that's been going through hell right now. By the way, did you and Nolan uh, King fill out your clown forms? Or yeah, we're doing that currently. <laughs> who who else on staff had Sterling? Anybody else? 
Uh, yeah, there was like two or three of us. Let me see if I can pull it right quick. MMA Junkie Stat Picks UFC 273. Um, yeah, these two guys are lucky I was not around. I, I probably would have tried to pop in and, um, and, and, and have Aljo at least claim two receipts. He says he's got receipts. And I don't know if it's receipts from people that, you know, talk shit. Goes and, goes and Nolan didn't talk shit. They just made a different pick. Um, Mike Bond is going to have to fill out a clown form. Matt Erickson is going to have to fill out a clown form. Farah Hanoon's going to have to fill out a clown form. Ken Hathaway as well. Lynn King goes. And Danny Segura. Exempt from f- filling out clown forms is myself. Matthew Wells and Simon Samano and Abby Subban. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say 50 50, but most of the staff's gonna have to fill out a clown form. And obviously, we're just joking here. Um, we have fun with the fighters when we can, and I love throwing the, the guys under the bus when I have a chance. They've done it to me, but I, I don't believe it evens out. I, I, I'm guilty of this, I've done it to Goes and Dan a few times back in the day. Um, Goes. I heard the interview with Aljo. You guys did a great job, and I I don't remember him expressing too much dissatisfaction at Dana White leaning over to see the scores while Bruce Buffer was reading them. That was more a, a bone that I had to pick in terms of I felt like he gave away who was um it was two things he gave away to me who who was going to get the call because he stepped towards Aljo, but two he gave this look of disgust. Um. And I'm like, uh, man, you don't want to do that to one of your fighters, you know. You're 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 not just looking at the at the card and going, oh wow. It wasn't a look that told me, oh wow, I scored it the other way. It was a look to me of, oh wow, the guy I did not want to win won, and that's two different looks. So whatever, I'm not trying to be FBI guy here, CSI guy. I read people for a living. No, I'm just telling you that's what I saw as a fan. Uh, and two, he stepped towards Aljo a few times because Bruce Buffer's. He's stretching it out. He's saying, and new, and now the undisputed, because they've unified. He said a few different things. And so Dana White took two little creep steps towards Aljo, and so that gave it away for me. I had no problem with it because I was starting to feel emotion. Um, I remember I, I play underdogs, and I played Aljo, so I was happy as a clam. But Aljo's pissed that Dana White in the post-fight press conference said, I had it yawn. I don't think he said robbery, but he said he thought the judges got it wrong, and he had yawn. And Big John said, there's no way in hell or there's no way you could score that round for Aljamain Sterling. And I think Big John is wrong. You may score it for Peter Jan. That's true. And I don't think anyone who's an Aljamain Sterling fan or anyone who bet on him or whatever or scored it for him would go, what? That's the craziest thing. It was a close round. So if they scored it for Jan, okay. You know, a lot of us would understand or whatever. But in fact, one judge did score for Peter Young. So that's how crazy this thing was or, or wasn't, however you want to look at it. Um, but two scored for Sterling, one scored for Young. I was more shocked that there wasn't a 10-8 in round two because the disparity mm-hmm. between the 10-9 that it took to judge round two and the 10-9 that it took to judge round one, that's a huge disparity. I, so I watched this fight again, and I reread the rules. Dominance, duration, damage. When Aljo was talking to you guys, he kind of explained it wrong. He kept focusing on duration, duration, duration. You're right, Aljo. You did have duration, but you have to have two of the three. And then once you have two of the three, you're okay. So you're sitting there, right? I'm taking this in slow motion. I'm being silly. 
Once the round is over, you either have your notes or it's in your head. Were two of the three present? Damage, duration, and dominance. Okay. Duration, yes, because he basically had his back for three minutes and 50 seconds. That's enough for me. It's almost 80% of the round. Dominance. Yeah, because Sterling or Jan couldn't do anything other than throw these punches behind his head that weren't really that affected. He could not get Aljo off of him. Every time he tried to sweep from one side to the other side to when he went belly down or whatever, Aljo was there and he was answering him. And so Jan had nothing for him. So he was dominated. All right. Now, remember, you could be dominated for only one minute. So you'd have dominance, but no duration. But no, he was dominated for almost four minutes. So now you have dominance and duration. Two or three are present. Once three are present, you may now consider 10-8. You don't just run to it and go, it's a 10-8. You have to consider it. So you could consider it and then go, nah. I considered it, but nah. No, I, I think a judge should consider it and go, yeah. You know why? Because damage was also present. Not in round three, which a lot of people are going, Round three should have been a 10 eight, including Aljo. I disagree with him there. I watched that again. It was not like round mm. two. In round two, he landed some good, good punches um, that were damaging. Now, did he open him up? Was he crimson faced as he walked back to his corner? No, but he did hit him some hard with some hard shots. Those same hard shots that were described when 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 people were trying to convince that Peter Young won round one and Peter Young was landing a big right or a stiff left or whatever. They're going, look at the heavy shot. That's damaging. That's damn it. What's the same stuff that Aljamain Sterling was doing in 10-8. So now to me, you have three of the three present in damage duration and, and dominance. Therefore, I think it's a slam dunk for 10-8. Damage wasn't present in round two. That one was more duration and less dominance, but still up for consideration. But I thought for sure 10-8 should have been round two. So even if you give Jan round one and Aljo the 10-8 in round two, it's a draw and Aljo still goes home with the belt, which is the whole point. I don't think either guy cares about the win or the loss. I mean, I guess they do for the for the bonuses and shit. But what what you what you really want to walk home with is that belt. Whatever it takes home to walk, you know, whatever it takes to walk home with that belt. And technically Aljo would have walked home with the belt. He'd still be the champ. He would get the pay-per-view cuts for the, the, the next time he fights. So uh, I, I think Aljo is deserving of the belt, and I think Big John was wrong to say there's no way because there was a way. And I think Dana White, same thing. He, he's the most powerful man in the business, but when he's given that look after the fight that many people not caught, didn't catch, and then he's going in the post fight and saying, no, I thought, Jan, after all the shit that's been going on, you're not doing your fighter any favors, um, you know, Adding on to what happened you know, in the first one, and I think he needs to be more cognizant of that. And sorry for going on a long tangent. No, I, I think you're right, and and I think Aljo's right in the sense that, you know, before you being such a powerful person in the sport, if you're gonna say like something like that, you better be damn sure. And it was such a close round that yeah, he probably needed to go back and watch it. Um, just so many things went wrong with, with all that, and I understand why he has that frustration, why other fighters carry that frustration. Um, you know, and that spilled over into fighter pay and all kinds of, like, Aljo was on the warpath yesterday, man. He was really going off, but um, I understand where he's coming from. Check out that interview again in its entirety at YouTube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. We do have Carla teed up. I just want to say one last thing. Jose Aldo has won three in a row since losing to Peter Jan uh, and Marlon Marais and Alexander Volkanovsky. He dusted himself off. He's won three in a row, so... He's got a case. He's Jose effing Aldo, for crying out loud. I think Aljo, 
needs to strongly consider uh, him and and uh, TJ Dillashaw for sure. Uh, I definitely don't want to see Aljo versus Jan at this moment. And one other thing, same thing applies for Burns versus Hamzat. Dying to see it again. Five rounds. They both agree to it, but just not right away. All right, here we go. It's time for Carla Esparza. She's going to be facing Rose Namajunas on May 7th for uh, Rose Namajunas' undisputed strawweight title. Let's talk to her. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another MMA superstar. This time, it's former UFC strawweight champion Carlos Esparza, who's going to be the challenger in a fight coming up against the incumbent Rose Namajunas at UFC 274 coming up here on uh, May 5th. Sorry, May 7th. Uh, Carla, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, guys. What's up? Good to be back. How was your weekend, man? I saw the Instagram you had your you snuck in the bachelor party here. You said it only cost you one day off, and you watched yourself for real, or did you sneak in a beer or two? No, I mean, you know, like I I had to keep it I had to keep it good, you know. Like I can have a good time without drinking. It's that's just not going to get as wild, you know. Like I know a lot of people go to bachelor and bachelorette weekends and totally don't remember the whole thing. So now I had a good time. If anything, like. It was the food that I was like, oh, dang, I want to have more of like these tacos or whatever. Like, so, yeah, I had a one sheet meal on. Uh, I went after my training on Friday and we uh, we got like we had like this five course meal and I was like, I want more cake. I want, you know, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, it was really good. Like, you know, if anything, like, um, yeah, it was just it was just like the busyness that was hard, but I had planned it so that I'd be home early Sunday so I could take that whole day to like rest and just recover. I remember the post that you made a while back where just taking the fight one week before you're you're getting married was a difficult decision. How about now that things have played out, like having to balance the bachelorette party with training and things like that? Is it something that Looking back, maybe you could have spaced them out a little bit more. Or are you handling it like a like a like a champ, like maybe a soon to be champ? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I had anticipated this fight for quite a while, so I I, I was good about like preparing everything, getting all these things done. Like, you know, there obviously a wedding, and you know, even just planning bachelorette with like fifteen different people is a lot of like coordinating, and you know, a lot of different people, but. Um, you know, I got everything done like really early, like ahead of time. And I've like, I've told all the wedding people like, Hey, like, do not contact me anymore. Like as of like about a week or two ago, I'm just like, I'm just focused on the fight. So I feel pretty comfortable. And I have uh, fortunately like people to back me up, like my fiance and he's like, you know, I'll take over anything else that needs to get done, you know, but now I feel good. You know, like uh, if you plan ahead, then, you know life throws things at you. Some people have a job and kids and they're doing this, you know, stuff. So it's like, you make do with, with what you got in front of you. That's right. If I remember about six years ago or something, I had heard that you were one of the fighters that on fight week, you only have a burner account where only the manager and the absolute closest can, can reach you. And I thought to myself, Hmm, that's interesting. And now I've heard more fighters unplug like that. Was that, was that you? Is that you that, that does that? Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Okay. Like, I think um, 
there's just so many people hitting you up like and a lot of it's just like really simple like hey what day is the fight again what how do i watch it like what mm -hmm. time is it hey i just want to wish you good luck you know and that's mm -hmm. and that's amazing like i appreciate all the support from my friends and everything but it's just like you know you just really need to stay focused and um yeah i definitely need to unplug during fight week I like how you made your friends and family sound like Mickey Mouse there when they were giving you those messages well, you know, as you read them. That's how they talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then the uh, tell us about, I mean, like it was pretty cool, man. Like you guys really, really went all out. You had your Chippendales night, a pole dancing night, and all that. What was the highlight? And I guess what was the, the, the pole dancing? That seemed like one of those where. Hey, a little bit of a fall and maybe a, a knee could get tweaked or an ankle or your neck. I, were you sweating any of that? No, not really. I mean, I mean, a lot of us are athletes, you know, a, little, a bunch of my college wrestling teammates came, you know, and it was a, it was a really like introductory class. Like it was very chill. And like I said, if I felt anything that I felt like I was like, felt a little uncomfortable doing, like I could get hurt. I would just be like, oh, I'm not going to do this, you know? So I always have my, my safety, like in mind, especially during camp. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a very busy, like, you know, day and schedule. Like I said, I went, I, I got my training in Friday, ate my healthy meal Friday morning and Thursday before I flew out or Friday. And then, then we went, you know, straight to, uh, the dinner and then Chippendales, which, was really fun. I, I got on stage, so that was cool. Oh, but I wow. won't see what happened. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then uh, the, but we but we called it an early night. Like the show was over by like nine thirty, I think, because you know we had to get up early for pole dancing nine a.m. Which was, if you think about it, that's a workout, you know. So got my training in Saturday. Um, went to the pool and just was in the sun, you know. Like got my tan on and just you know had fun and. Um, yeah, we just had a good time. Uh, we had games in my room, like in my room, you know, it's, it's just all good, clean fun, you know? So yeah, we had a good time. There was a lot of, uh, phallic objects, a lot of penis <laughs> you know, stuff in the room. Like it was just good to see my girls, honestly. And to be, you know, like some people I'm very strict, like hermit mode in camp normally, but I think it's nice to kind of like you know, let loose, forget about all the stress and just kind of like get away for a day and, you know, takes, uh, takes the stress off of camp, I think. Yeah. And to be exact, you have your wedding one weekend after your fight, right? That's the deal. Correct. Correct. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. and I imagine you have a wedding plan, but I ask only because you seem so organized. Maybe you did it all too. Yeah. I planned the wedding. I did everything. Um, I did Look the wedding you. website like eight months ago. I got the venue, the location. I scouted locations, you know, like I, I picked uh, like the little, the little wedding gifts, you know, one of my teammates, wife's makes these like awesome cookies. So, um, you know, just all the little details. So pretty much all the big stuff was done. There's just a couple little minor details of, you know, things the week before just getting all the RSVPs and stuff. But that was, like I said, that was done a couple weeks ago. So now I'm just, full focus mode on the fight. That's awesome. And another thing I, I uh, applaud you on was you stated you did not ever want to be a substitute fighter for any time the champ was fighting. And sometimes the UFC will bring in the extra fighter in case the challenger can't make way, or I guess even in the case, if the champion can't fight, some, some sort of a main event's preserved. You wanted nothing to do with that. That's why we haven't seen you since... Last May, um, because I guess by the time you fight, it'll be a, 
a year. And tell me about that. Like, is that the way you wanted it? I mean, a lot of fighters don't want to wait a year before they fight, but did all this work out? You kind of sticking to your guns in that regard? Um, you know, I, I just didn't want to like do a whole camp and, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mental buildup and stress, like, you know, because you can't just be like, well, I'm going to make weight and maybe I'll get this fight. Like if you, if you, if I were to show up as like the alternate, I'd be ready, like for a championship fight. And a lot goes into a camp, you know, for me, it wasn't worth it. Like I just wanted to be when it was my, when it was my chance, I knew I was next. So, you know, of course I didn't want to wait as long as I did, you know, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like that's the past. I can't change anything. I've been learning. I've been growing this whole time. I haven't been, you know, just sitting around like twiddling my thumbs, you know, like through this time I've been, I've been getting better. And uh, hopefully that, that, you know, shows through in the fight and, you know, get an awesome victory. Carla, so George and I were actually at the first fight which was, yeah. you know, we looked at a picture the other day. We look way different. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that was a while. <laughs> that was, I mean, for, I'll give you an example. The Palms, I think, is reopening this week, I think, or something like that. They they had shut down there. So, I mean, yeah, a lot has like happened. It's going to reopen. Yeah. So a lot has happened since this. And I got curious, you know. You you had a good showing that night. You dominated that fight. Um, everybody changes so much. Can you even go back and watch that first fight? Is there anything relative uh, that you can apply to this fight from that fight? It was, you know, kind of a while ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go back. You you go back and study, like, a lot of fights, you know, and sometimes people evolve a lot. Sometimes people are still doing the kind of the same thing, you know. So it's I'm definitely going to go back and, like, study that fight. Actually, today was is one of my days to, to, to sit down and study some fights. So... Um, I, I'm sure a lot applies, but at the same time, like I, I can't expect her to come out and do exactly the same thing. It's like, you know, any fighter is going to go back and look at their mistakes and especially if it's against the same person and, and fix and, and, and make those corrections, you know, so I'm not expecting, you know, her to necessarily like, you know, come at me and come with the same game plan as she did last time. So the situation you were in last time, it was so cool to see you win that belt, see that look on your face. Um, That's something that I'm sure you'll never forget. But winning it a second time, could it be better? Would it feel better? Or can nothing be taken away from that first night in that moment? You know, it's really hard to say. Um, It's that moment when I won the belt the first time was the best moment of my life up until that point. And it would be really hard to beat that. Um, you know, winning the belt again would be so phenomenal. Like it would be such a, like, you know, almost eight years later, like everything that I've gone through in the UFC since then, it would be, you know, it would really mean a lot. It'd be a huge moment in my life. Definitely one of the best. It's, it's hard to say, you know, if it would beat that moment, um, especially everything we went through on the ultimate fighter and leading up to that, not knowing if we would ever even get in the UFC up until that point. So yeah, I, hopefully I can uh, let you know after though. I'm going to ask you a question that I don't even know how to ask. So we're all going to learn at the same time, but I'm going to see if what's in my head can translate over to you guys, but you're the challenger here. She's the champion, but you do have a win over her. And it's one that you know, she's even talked about that kind of really affected her a lot, that loss, and, and really changed her life a lot. Um, when you guys show up in front of each other, 
Do you think it'll have that feeling of she's the champion, you're the challenger? Or do you feel like because you won that fight, it might actually kind of be reversed a little bit in, in her head? You know, it's really hard to say. Like, we've come so far, and she's she's kind of gone through everyone and really, like, really improved so much and beaten so many people. Like, I think she is, she is the champion, and she deserves to be, like, the champion where she's at. So, I mean, I'm definitely looking at her as like, hey, this is the one to beat. She's number one. She's a champ. Um, so, but it's like you said, you know, I do have the win over her. So it's kind of hard to say like what her, you know, motivation is going to be. Like, I know that she's always had kind of that extra motivation for anyone that she's lost to in the past and really come back and she's really come back strong and beaten everyone so far. So you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I think it's, it's a, a feeling that you're not gonna, that we're not gonna know until like we get there in the moment. Cause I've seen her since then, but not, you know, and I've always, you know, we've always been cordial and, and said hello and whatever, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say until we get there. Did it sting that you had to take the long road? Whereas other fighters either got quick rematches or just didn't take as long of a road as you. You know, like I, I, I don't really look at it as, you know, I should have gotten this. I should have gotten that. I think that's a bad attitude to have. Um, if anything, it, it's going to mean that much more if I win the title because nobody can can say, hey, Carla got the easy way out or, hey, you know, she just got that because, you know, she shows off this way or, you know, is a big like, you know, is a big talker, you know, a big entertainer. Um, I know that when I win that belt, everyone's going to know I won it and I got there because I, I earned it. I feel like um, you you're getting overlooked in a sense that because you know Rose is popular and she's done very well since your guys' first fight. In fact, I got caught up in that, Carla. And I like to own up to when I mess up. The other day, I pitched a question on a segment that we had, where really we were mostly talking about uh, Zhang Li versus Joanna Janjacek Part Two. But both of them are 0-2 against the champ. And so I was asking the panel, hey, um, is this really a number one contender fight because they're 0-2 against the champ? And then right away, one of the first panelists says, well, what if Carla wins? You know, And of course, I remember you beating Carla. I remember Rose standing outside the palm and she was devastated. She was with her mom. She was crying. So do you feel like a lot of other people are making the same mistake of just over overlooking you? I mean... I would say probably a lot of people are overlooking me. It's, it's been kind of the, the theme of my career. You know, I've been the underdog a lot. I've been physically the smaller fighter in most of my fights. And I think that just because I've never been so vocal and, you know, I've tend to be more humble and I don't talk about myself and how I'm going to, you know, dominate this next person. You know, I think um, that, you know, that's, that gives people the feeling that, oh, you know, like, oh, she's not hyping herself up. She must be scared or, she, you know, she must not be confident. But I, my confident, com my confidence comes from inside. Like, I, I don't need, I don't need to be vocal about what I'm going to do. Like, I just want to go in there and do it. Yeah. And you absolutely maul people when you're on. Um, it's been like really interesting to watch all these fights. Luckily, you haven't been a rematch queen, kind of like uh, Rose has. And I don't mean that disparagingly, but she really has fought a lot of fighters, including soon 
soon to be you twice. Tisha, yourself, Andraj, I believe, um, and John Whaley, and even Joanna. You know, but yeah. you've actually gone through so many different skill sets and and things like that. I wanted to ask you, um, maybe you can apply this to your when you wrestled. Is it as incentivizing to go in there and do these hard workouts when you've already fought someone before? I know your guys' stakes are high, so you, so she's obviously always has that incentive to hold on to the belt. But you always have kind of like a fresh new matchup. I imagine that that can be appealing versus training for the same people most definitely um you know in my whole career i've never had a rematch so actually this is the first one so i'm i'm really interested to see how it goes and i and i felt just as, as motivated it almost feels like i'm finding a different person i feel like i am finding a different person in rose because you know it's been so many years and she's evolved so much i've evolved so much so you know it does in, in a way it almost doesn't feel like a rematch not even in wrestling you had rematches I mean, in wrestling, um, but at, in the in the wrestling tournaments, I mean, you wrestle the same people like every other couple months. You know, it's it's a yeah. lot different than a than a fight. You know, tournament style, you're just kind of going through the same people. You see the same people all the time. How your body, how it conditioned is it to? Because this is something that happens a lot with media and fans. <laughs> Somebody's been successful, like in college, two-time national champ, or maybe the Olympics, but it was like 10, 12 years ago. You haven't been shooting doubles and really, really working those wrestling muscles, and 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 you have that explosion that you did when you were way younger. You know, people will say like, "How come Phil Davis hasn't shot in, or how come this, you know, this person or whatever?" How about you? How much of that wrestling um, appetite do you still have? Like, you know, going through your drills, and and how explosive do you think you are compared to like when you were probably at your peak. I think my wrestling is just continually getting better. You know, fortunately, unfortunately, I didn't start wrestling until my junior year in high school. Then I went on, you know, to wrestle in college. I think I injured out, you know, most of my freshman year. So, you know, I, I'm not like I've had 20 years of wrestling and then I'm improving a little bit. Like I still feel like I have leaps and bounds to improve on and so many things to learn. And I have a passion for the sport of wrestling. So it's, I feel that I, I've only gotten better and better and I still want, like, I still am excited to go to wrestling every day and learn new things. I love the way you wrestle and then, uh, and then you get into ground and pound mode. Um, there's not too many fighters that we cover that can sometimes make the ground game as exciting as what fans want to see out of two strikers, for example, but you're definitely one of them. And, you know, you've been doing it for so long against so many different skill sets. It's really, really been fun. And, and I know it was the long road and it wasn't deserving, but you haven't complained one bit. But, um, man, tons of respect for the way that you kind of navigated your career in that regard. Thank you. Always awesome. It's always great to have a fan of wrestling and grappling. You know, we don't get as much love as the striking, but I, I think it's fun. Yeah, well, I think to be fair, just the fans sometimes when the wrestler does get them down, but then doesn't do much, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know what I mean? Now you're kind of maybe scoring points or writing time and just getting the 10-9 at the end of the round. But that's something you definitely don't do. And that's why I think it's it can be appealing. You know what I mean? So you you help in that regard. Heck yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, looks like Goes has one more on the way out. Go ahead, Goes. What you got? 
I have a ridiculous request. Okay. So yesterday, no pole dancing. Our, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday was our 15 year anniversary for our show. Okay. So awesome. congratulations, guys. Years. Thank you. Thank I think you. you're entitled to just say ridiculous things. I'm going to pull back the curtain on how we booked this interview. Do you have you ever seen the Taco Bell commercial where they hear the bell and all of a sudden they just walk off like a zombie and go do their thing? They go get Taco Bell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. I normally when George and I book an interview, we look at the schedule. We see who's fighting, what's coming up, who's done what. I was at Albertsons and I was by the pastries and I saw this big bag of cookies. And so I grabbed, remember when we had cookies like two weeks ago, George, whatever, a week ago? Yeah. I grabbed the cookies. And when I turned around, there was a cookie monster cake. And I literally dropped what I was doing and booked the interview, right? Then I got to think. It's okay. a sign. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, at one point, hopefully one day, you can just have a silly walkout. But have you ever seen Coming to America? Yeah. You know when Prince Hakeem walks and they throw rose petals? Yeah. They should crumble cookies and throw crumbles at your feet and just walk over them. That would be the coolest thing ever. But then I'm just going to want to, like, pick them up and eat them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll have a fresh batch of cookies for you, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have somebody in front of you just crumbling cookies, even if you do it at a press conference or something, that would be dope. Hey, maybe you can be my, like, you know how they have flower girls? You can I'll do it. Like I'll, cookie guy. <laughs> I'll wear the cookie outfit, everything. I'll crumble them, drop them. That know, would be awesome. Them. Like the cookie monster outfit. I'm down. I'm the right size. I'm perfect for it. So <laughs> keep that in mind, right? Consider that one day. All right. You should have made them dress up like a Chippendale with the bow tie, no shirt. <laughs> that wouldn't look too good, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, look, we took up enough of your time. You're a busy gal with a lot going on, a title fight, and then a marriage. And then I imagine the honeymoon's the week after or, or days yeah. after, or, or is that yeah. down the road? Oh, yeah? No, okay. it's like it's like three days after, two days after. Where are you headed? Uh, Bora Bora. Bora. Oh, look at you, man. Wow. <laughs> Did, did, please tell me that this fiance at least planned that one, because man, a lot's been on your plate. <laughs> no, I. You planned it too. We we talked about it together, but I, I kind of like I kind of set it up and did the research. But that was I, I planned it early, so it's been done. This for guy a while. just kicks his legs up and asks where the remote is. All right, we got to no, shake this I, I guy up. I can't blame him. He's he's a doctor. He's like a director of this and this and that. Oh. He's super busy. He takes care of things and. He builds everything around the house. He like I got stuck in my garage a couple days ago. My thing stopped working. He installed like the whole new thing. Like while I was on my bachelorette, like he's making the arch for our wedding. Like he he puts the work in. Okay, all right. So he holds his own then. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get stuck in your garage? What what does that mean? Like you were locked. You couldn't go into the house, but you also the door wouldn't open. Yeah. No. Like I I was inside. Like in my car, I was like open. It was like doo doo stopped and i pressed it again mm. went down stepped opened even less and i'm like oh my god i need to go to the gym like i need to go like i'm gonna be late and fortunately my mom was by and i was like mom can i borrow your car please she was like yeah take my car and, and i just went and so we had to like manly manually open it and he like it, it was the people that owned the house before were like totally messed it up didn't put sensors so we had to like redo the whole thing like it was a lot so he he's a he's the handyman around the house and yeah no he he does a lot but I'm I'm like the planner like or I there he does go. too but yeah like I, yeah 
<laughs> All right. Well, safe. Uh, well, I was going to say the rest of your camp. Obviously, I hope you have a safe rest of your camp. Weight cut. Have a great fight. Uh, you earned it for sure. You're one of the most awesome uh, fighters that we've had since the UFC finally brought women's MMA. I mean, a, a true professional representative, like with class and everything. You've done you've done things great, you know, for over a decade or about a decade now. So we always wish you the best of luck. And and then obviously early congrats on your marriage. Have fun and bore bore. You deserve it all, Carlo. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And it's always great to talk to you. And again, congratulations on 15 years. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Have a nice day. Well, you too. Bye. All right, guys. Well, um, let's just hope, win or lose, she doesn't get too marked up. I'd love to see her on her special day of the wedding looking, you know, beautiful. And, you know, that's obviously a long memory. I wanted to win. I wanted the fight to go quickly. Either Carla wins quickly or Rose wins quickly so that she can at least show up um, to her wedding looking, you know, looking beautiful. Yeah, it's such an important day. Like, oh man, it just sucks that it all worked out that way. But she's got a win over her already, and I know that was a long time ago. And I know Rose has gotten better, but so has Carla. So it's, it's yeah. gonna be interesting. I just don't want her to go on like like Jessica Penne after um, Joanna Yanjacek or freaking Joanna Yanjacek after Zhang Weili. You know, the strawweights are nasty, man. Um, yeah, I. Before we check out just a couple things, Chris Cyborg, you know, we caught up with her in, in uh, L.A. And he was saying, I knew Kayla Harrison was going to sign with PFL. Well, remember, you got to keep it real. She tried to take her talents to UFC, Bellator. She heard some offers. Bellator gave her one. Match, so I kind of had no choice. That's something that was written into the contract. And... So it wasn't like she was running away from Kayla or Amanda, but um, she tried. It's just that PFL held rights, and now she's going to go do her thing at PFL. Chris Cyborg always says something that bothers me. Well, hopefully we can figure out a way so that we can cross-promote. Dude, it's never going to happen with the UFC. Could it happen with PFL and Bellator? Well, if it was ever going to happen, now was the time, right? And Scott Coker always seems open to it, but so much stuff when it involves um, the television network that you're involved with. Showtime probably wants that fight. ESPN wants that fight. Who would get it? You have to fight twice. They managed to do it with Ryzen and back in the day, what was it, what was it Dream or Sengoku? So it's happened, but it's so rare. It's almost as rare as a perfect game is in Major League Baseball. So it's almost not even worth bringing up. And lastly, Corey Anderson, he says, um, he should be number one if if he wins on Saturday. Sorry, on Friday against Vadim Nemkov. He's got a case. The way he's playing it out is I beat Glover Tischer and I beat him on two week notice. Yeah, but you also lost recently to Jan Blahovich, who Glover Tischer beat. So you're kind of in a robin there. That's one thing. Two, your last two opponents, or two of your last three, one was that D Yags, I think we called him, um, who we don't know too much about. Um, Yag Shimuradov was one of them. I think he stepped in for it may have been AJ. I can't remember. Um, and then one was Man Melvin Manhoff for crying out loud, who usually fights a welterweight, sometimes middleweight. He moved up to light heavyweight. I knew he was gonna get crushed by by um Corey Anderson. Uh, he did beat Bay though. Hats off, stopped him mm -hmm. too. 
you know. But those three were after the ta- the Blahovich uh, loss. Blahovich loss was in 2020. Teixeira hasn't lost since 2018, and since then he's beaten Carl Roberson, Jan Kutalaba, Nikita Krylov, Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos, and Jan Blahovich. So that's why you know Teixeira is there. He's the UFC champ. They usually have the tougher competition. But I present that round, Rob. I also present another one. Corey Anderson once took a loss to Ovin St. Prue, who Glover Teixeira beat. So Glover Teixeira, I'm sure, I'm sure would have a lot to say. But Corey Anderson, I will tell you, there's a lot to consider if you beat Vadim Nemkov. It's a what have you done for me lately. You know, a lot of people and I also subscribe to that. It'll be interesting, interesting to see how you perform. Um, who knows? You may be number one in the USA Today Sports MMA Junkie rankings. It'll be something to consider. But you got to present the case, I guess, as fairly as possible. And if you don't, then it's our job to do. All right, guys. Then, um, uh, uh, huh? uh, I was just going to say, and don't forget, another guy that might have a case uh, for doing that as well is McKee, AJ McKee. AJ McKee, for sure. I think will I was leaning towards McKee having the best shot to do it because he goes last. Remember, in July, he beat Patricio Pitbull Freddy, and he was number one at USA Today Sports. And then in September last year, two months later, Volkanovski impressively beats Brian Ortega, and so he retook the number one position. Now AJ's the second one that gets to perform. Only problem is Volkanovski looked good on Saturday. So Mm -hmm. this guy's going to have to make it look good again against Pitbull. And he may have a chance. <coughs> He's undefeated. Volkanovski's got one loss. Volkanovski's fought tougher competition. Uh, AJ has more finishes, so lots to consider. We'll see. Friday, Bellator uh, 277. Tune in for both Nukov versus Anderson and McKee versus Pitbull, Frady, and, of course, the UFC fight night on Saturday. And we'll be here to recap it all on Monday. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for all your nice comments regarding our 15-year anniversary. This past Monday, along with show number 3,250, this was show number 3,251. And like we said then, the march is on now to 4,000, 5,000, who knows, maybe even 10,000. Anyhow, we're going to bid you adieu. We're out of here. Enjoy your day, your weekend. Go out there and be a champion.